0: Olympic gold medalist Tim Montgomery
1: some people talk about selling their soul to the devil I was willing to do that become the f- worst fastest man that's all I wanted if I would have crossed the finish line and died I'd have been happy with that
0: what's a man to do when every dream his chase comes true all the truth Tim Montgomery was willing to do just about anything to be the world's fastest man. And he lost everything. But he would eventually find the true satisfaction he'd been looking for. Tim is our guest on this episode of GPS,
2: God, People, Stories. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. After Tim shares what he was willing to do in order to set a world record, Billy Graham will share a warning about winning at any cost.
3: Suppose you gained everything that the athletic world has to offer. Is it worth it if you have lost the possibility of
2: fellowship with God? So what does it mean to have fellowship with God? Well, Billy Graham will explain it later in this episode, or we can tell you right now at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS.
1: God. People. Stories. All my life. I have participated in something to receive something. Never done it because I really wanted to do it, only to receive something from it. That's been true for Tim Montgomery from an early age. For example, his mom
2: used to take him to church when he was growing up in South Carolina, but Tim only participated
1: in church because he would get toys for memorizing Scripture. So the more and more I show her that I can learn Bible verses to trick her, to make her feel like I'm getting closer to God, so I can get a toy, it followed me for the rest of my life trying to trick God.
2: And Tim's philosophy of doing something just for the reward was actually one of
1: the reasons
2: that he first started running track.
1: I was wanting a Letterman jacket, and I was in junior high, and only seniors could get a Letterman jacket. Well, since we didn't have a middle school track team, I went out for the senior team, and I made it. Having a Letterman jacket in junior high was like, The biggest thing ever. That's all I wanted. It may have started
0: that way, but soon, Tim was after more than just the letterman jacket. He went to college at Norfolk State in Virginia and eventually started competing in track at the national level. His specialty was the 100-meter dash.
1: I was world junior record holder at 19 years old. 1996, Silver Mellow, Atlanta Olympics. 2000, Sydney Olympics. Go, Millers.
0: Tim did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but that didn't stop him from praying, especially before a big race.
1: I felt like God played the biggest role in my success because every time I would ask him for something, either world junior record, to be part of a 1996 Olympic team, I achieved them all. And I just thought I was the gift to God and not God the gift to me. I was tricking God the whole entire time. Every time I wanted something, I would go to God and say, God, if you just give me this right here today, I will serve you tomorrow. As soon as tomorrow came, I was back doing something that God didn't have pleasure in. The drinking, the smoking, the partying, and it just carried on.
2: Tim mentioned that he was tricking God. Well, he was actually tricking himself about who God really is. Tim was treating God more like a genie in a bottle than a heavenly father. He just wanted God to grant him his biggest wishes. And Tim's absolute biggest wish was to be the fastest
0: man in the world.
1: In 1996, Olympus in Georgia, I watched Donald Bailey break the world record in the 100 meters. And the feeling... In his face, I wanted that feeling. I wanted to know what it felt like, not just to be an Olympian, but the worst fastest ever. Some people talk about selling their soul to the devil. I was willing to do that to become the f- worst fastest man. That's all I wanted. If I would have crossed the finish line and died, I would have been happy with that.
0: Tim became more and more obsessed with being the world's fastest man, especially after some setbacks in his career. First, he was told that his world junior record in the 100 meter didn't count
2: because the track he ran on was three centimeters short. And then Tim was pulled off the final leg of a relay race at the Olympics after running in the first two rounds. That left him angry, disappointed, and more focused than ever on making a
1: name for himself. Then... Around 2001, I come across an undetectable steroid. This is the last key, the last piece to my puzzle. I'm 28 years old. Now it's time to be the world's fastest man. What day is it going to be, God? Which race it going to be? Every time I stepped on the track from that point on, I felt like this was the day I was going to break the world record. This was the day I'm going to go down in history and be a legend. This is the day they would never forget Tim Montgomery's name.
2: Deep down, Tim knew he was cheating by using the steroid, but he also thought there was
1: no chance that he'd ever get caught. Consequences never crossed my mind. The problem with sin is you don't think about what sin is going to do to you when you're sinning. You don't think about who you're going to hurt while you're sinning. You don't think about the consequences of the sin. All you do is think about the moment that you're in right now what you're going to achieve, the fun you're going to have. It
0: was in September 2002 when Tim finally achieved what he'd been chasing for years. He set a new world record for the fastest 100-meter dash ever with a time of 9.78 seconds.
1: When I crossed the finish line and looked over at the clock and it said, new world record, all I could think about was, I'm rich. I can't wait to get my own jet. I can't wait to be on every commercial you could find. I can't wait to be on the Weeds Box.
0: But the success, the fame, and the riches were short-lived. The man who'd sold Tim the undetectable steroid was caught as part of a federal investigation. And about a year after he set his world record, Tim found himself in a federal courtroom, confessing that he had been using performance-enhancing drugs.
1: I lost my records. I lost my sponsorships. Everything was gone overnight. Everything. I had to go back and pay all the money I had received from racist contract. Everything I had made was gone. I had to pay it back down to zero.
2: So with everything falling apart around him and facing a two-year suspension, Tim officially retired from track. But he continued lying and cheating his way through life. Eventually, though, his criminal activities caught up to him after a few years.
1: I was convicted of a $5 million check scheme, distribution of heroin, and convicted to eight years and ten months. And by the grace of God, I served four years and six months.
2: Prison showed Tim just how much he needed God. But
1: first, he had to get through a very dark moment. When they put me in that cell alone, I wanted to end it. So I really tried to commit suicide. I put the sheet around my neck. I pulled as tight as I could. I just couldn't get over the point that I was choking. I fell down and said, God, forgive me. Come into my life. I don't know what else. I could do. I don't know what to say at this moment, but I just pray that you come and rescue me. That moment of surrender
0: to Christ was the start of the change in Tim's life.
1: In that cell, I knew I had to go to Jesus to confess and to repent. I was a cheater. I was a liar. Just about every sin you can name, I had committed. And I wanted forgiveness from all. I wanted this pain to go away. Jesus, whatever you can do, please forgive me. Tim says a
0: feeling of peace and joy came over him that he had never, ever felt before.
1: It was better than being at the Olympic Games. It was greater than walking around open ceremony. It was greater than being on the podium. The greatest feeling you can ever have is knowing that you don't have to be conformed to this world. It was amazing. My desire of being great for me was over. My desire being great for God was greater. And that faith would never, ever, ever turn. I would lose my life before I let that faith fail me.
2: There's a piece. Tim Montgomery had to hit rock bottom before he finally surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. Maybe that's where you are today, feeling like there is nowhere left for you to turn.
0: If that's you, surrender your life to Jesus. He loves you. He can give you a fresh start and forgive every last sin in your life. You can learn more about starting a relationship with Jesus at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net.
2: In just a minute, Tim will rejoin us to share about what his life looks like now that he is out of prison and living life God's way. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association
3: suppose you gained everything that the athletic world has to offer is it worth it if you have lost the possibility of fellowship with god billy graham the sports researcher robert goldman polled 198 world-class athletes asking would you take a pill that would guarantee a gold medal even if you knew that it would kill you in five years more than half said they'd do it in other words They want athletic success and they want that gold medal more than they want life itself. Is it worth it if you have lost the possibility of fellowship with God? It's not worth paying the price, it's too high. First, there's the high price of sin. Then secondly, there's the high price of salvation. In some mysterious, wonderful way, God placed upon Christ our sins and you, must respond by repentance. It means that you're willing to turn over your life to Christ, turn over your life to God and say, Oh God, I need you, I receive you. And then by faith you receive Christ. And the word faith means commitment. You commit your life to Christ as your Savior and your Lord.
0: By the way, there is lots more of these great messages from Billy Graham available to you on the Billy Graham Channel. You'll find it on Sirius XM Channel 145.
2: It runs through Father's Day, June 17th. And again, you can listen to it on Sirius XM Satellite Radio Channel 145.
0: The message you just heard from Billy Graham was given in 1987 in South Carolina. And that's exactly where our guest on this episode of GPS, Tim Montgomery, hails from. Now that Tim is out of prison, he is using his story and his athletic ability to help others.
1: God has allowed me to coach kids. And it's not always about coaching them as being an athlete. It's about coaching them about being a great person. I may not make you the road runner, but I'm going to make you the best runner that you could be. And through Jesus, it's more than coaching. I'm not just sharing what I have been taught on the track. I'm sharing what Christ has taught within me. It's ministry.
2: Tim's also gotten involved with prison ministry, sharing the gospel with inmates in the same situation he was once in. Tim's story, and a few others like it, were recently featured in a Billy Graham TV special called Flying Blind. You can watch it at flyingblindvideo.org. That's flyingblindvideo.org. I'm Phil Fleischman.
0: And I'm Jim Kirkland. Thank you very much for listening to GPS. God people stories. An outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.